Now, welcome, adventurers, to the summer of Strahd. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, we wanted to present to you all a Curse of Strahd one-shot, a famous one, called Strahd Must Die Tonight. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, doesn't really matter. Essentially, it's a Ravenloft dungeon crawl with a certain timer taking down your cosmic time to defeat Strahd von Zedevich himself. Note that we are going to pause the timer when we initiate combat. Each combat round is six seconds, whatever. So I, Tommy... The guy who usually plays Banked in a regular Rocks Fall Everyone Dies campaign will be your dungeon master for this special miniseries. Let's introduce our players and their characters. Scott, would you like to introduce yourself and your character? Hi, I'm Scott. I'm normally the DM, but this time I am playing Abafel, the wicked witch of the, well, whatever direction I feel like. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and how do you spell that for uh, the rest of the players in your group? It's A-B-A apostrophe. P-H-E-L. Half-elf sorceress with dragon ancestry with fantastic blemish-free green skin. Well, maybe not blemish-free, slightly scaly because, you know, class feature. And I use a lot of fire spells. Just a lot of fire spells. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I'm actually really excited. <laughs> <laughs> chaos. Absolute chaos. Juan, would you like to describe yourself, of course, to the viewers and your character? Hello, I'm Martello, the paladin hero, but here I'll be playing Tristan Renfield. I come from a family of hunters that have been disgraced. I don't know where this voice came from, but I started with it and now I'm stuck with it. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I am Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I love how this is like the fifth Inigo Montoya joke we've made during this campaign. And you know what? I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and you said you were a ranger, right? Oh, yes. I am a hunter ranger. Sorry. Forgot to say that. My bad. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Awesome. And Desombra, would you like to describe yourself and your character? So normally I play Greg. <laughs> but today I'm going to be playing... Um... <laughs> um, But like, you can call me Flo and I'm like a cleric. And like, I hear that that means that... Um, I am the shield of the faith or whatever of the mighty prawn. All hail the mighty prawn. All hail. And the mighty prawn is this your is this your religion? Yes. Okay. <laughs> because so so uh, to our audience out there, this is the first time I the DM has heard this, so I'm quite excited. <laughs> okay, let's just pause and talk about this for like a solid second. So, is this like a giant prawn that lives somewhere, or is this like an ethereal prawn that lives within all of us? Well, it obviously like lives within all of us since that's what we take. The bountiful prawn feeds us and gives us our beautiful pink colors. Oh, I see. I feel yeah. like you're going to sell me some crystals or something. If you want some, I do have a crystal lady who, you know, can hook you up. Oh, sure. It'll sure. really like fix your chakras or whatever. Did you physically describe flow? Oh, yeah. So I'm gorgeous, obviously. <laughs> that's and... what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, so are you. You're all beautiful people. I don't exist. I'm the DM. 
Go on, go. So you're you're an Aarakocra? Yeah, I guess. But I'm like a variant because the Aarakocra are kind of, you know, loners. Um, and we're just not like that. Like my clan of beautiful flamingo Aarakocras actually live in the ocean, which is a little different. We do fly, but only when it's really nice out and picturesque. Because, you know, the great prawn <laughs> demands perfection. All hail. All hail. <laughs> Blessed be the great prawn. <laughs> Blessed be. Blessed be. <laughs> and with you. Shall we start? Any objections? Any questions concerning Chris's drawn? I'm ready. Who's ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I guess I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. That's the spirit. I've done this this one shot like five different times and I'm still never ready. I've never played <laughs> Curse of Strahd, so I have no idea what's going on. This is kind of not Curse of Strahd. All right, perfect. I still have no idea what's going on. Likewise. <laughs> I just love the fact that we have a flamingo going after Strahd. Well, he's like a heretic, whatever. <laughs> I'm just excited to play. Yeah, let's, and let's hope it goes well. Let's hope your character lives after this. <laughs> Welcome, the three of you to the land of Barovia. Here, everyone has made their own separate ways and has all congregated within Vlaki. Flo Rida, Abafel, and Tristan. Tristan specifically has made his way by uh, hunting dire wolves and bringing meat to the town of Vlaki. Abafel has wandered through the dark, fog-clouded streets looking for something a little bit more mischievous. And Flo Rida is honestly just having a great time preaching the word of the great, uh, what was it? Great prawn? <laughs> the mighty prawn. The mighty prawn. All hail the yeah. mighty prawn. Blessed be. All hail. It's strange. All of you are incredibly different from different cultures and together in a room, you all would stand out. However, there is one thing the three of you have in common. You all have a half-elven carnival ringleader friend named Rictavio. Now, Rictavio, who you have all separately gained the trust of, has told each and every one of you that he is secretly Van Richten, a famous vampire hunter. One night, you get a letter from Van Richten telling you to meet him at the Blue Waters Inn. He sits the three of you down, and this is the first time the three of you have ever met, and he says to the three of you, he has visited an old Fistani woman who has given him strange omens, and from his colorful coat, he presents five cards. The first card tells of history, knowledge, of the ancient that will help us better understand our enemy. The second card tells of a powerful force for good and protection, a holy symbol of great hope. The third card is a card of power and strength. It tells of a weapon of vengeance. The fourth card sheds light on one who will help us greatly in a battle against darkness. And finally, the last card tells us where the enemy, the creature of darkness, will be. For the Tome of Strahd, the four glyphs, find the mother, she who gave birth to evil. By the way, I hope the three of you are writing this down. I was trying, but I'm go it's going a little fast for me. It's okay, it's okay. For the Tome of Strahd, find the mother, she who gave birth to evil. So we have to, like, find his mom or something to, like, scold him? <laughs> Okay, anyway. <laughs> For the second card, which correlates to the holy symbol of Ravenkind, a woman hangs above a roaring fire. Find her, and you will find the treasure. 
For the third treasure, the Sun Sword. Go to a place of dizzying heights, where the stone itself is alive. Now for Strahd's enemy, your ally. Evil's bride is the one you seek. And then lastly, Strahd himself, where he is, where he will always be. He haunts the tomb of the man he envied above all. I've got it all. All right, cool. Awesome. Now you are fully equipped with all this knowledge that means nothing to you. Van Richten looks at you all, and he glances out the window, the blue waters in, in Vallaki. I've dawdled for too long. We must hurry. Come, follow me. And he exits. What do you guys do? All right, well, I think we are going. Tristan will get up and start following. You walk out of the Blue Waters Inn, and you find yourself in the familiar streets of Vallaki. Van Richten, otherwise known as Rotavio, is walking over to his carnival wagon. He is coaxing his tiger to hop out of it. <laughs> he has a tiger? He has a tiger. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> He's coaxing his tiger to stay with his friends while he takes the carriage to potentially Castle Ravenloft. He hooks up the horse, and he looks back at the three of you. He's taking a tiger to Castle Ravenloft? No, no, no. He took the tiger out of the carriage. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so the tiger was in, in the carriage riding with him? Yep. This is a very Life of Pi situation. It, he's a cool guy. I swear, he's such a cool guy. I'll follow you, my pretty, and your little pity, too. <laughs> All right. So wait, okay. So I guess we'll follow. Please tell me the tiger's name's not Stripey. <laughs> That's not weird at all. I guess... Tigers are great. Listen, Barovia does strange things to a person. By the way, has anybody noticed that Wallachi is clearly Wallachia? I mean, there's a one-to-one here. I don't know where that is. Wallachia is the nation that... Uh, Castlevania. No, no, no. Uh, it's 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 actually the princedom of Vlad Dracul. Really? Oh, so like in Transylvania, it's actually the princedom that he had. Okay, that's yeah. great. I okay. did not know that. That's interesting. I did not know that either. Huh. It makes sense. He was the prince of Wallachia. Dracula, son of Dracul. So the three of you, including, of course, Van Richten himself, take off in the carriage. The night wind blowing past bumps in the road, jostle the carriage enough that it's not a comfortable ride per se. And after 30 minutes, Van Richten comes through a opening in the ceiling of the carriage pops down into the carriage with the three of you. If you're here, who's driving this thing? Oh, don't don't worry about that. The um, Is it the tiger? Because, like, that's pretty skillful. Like, did you train him? I feel like none of you are very perceptive. I left the tiger at Velaki. <laughs> oh, wait. Why? <laughs> well, I don't think that. When life gives you tigers, use the tiger. That's a great point. We're going to go fight a vampire lord, so I just don't want to bring my tiger. Why would you want to bring- look, this is- this is Scott talking. Why would you not want to bring a tiger to a vampire fight? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's exactly who belongs in a vampire fight. My concern is this. Who's taking care of the tiger in town? The tiger's just eating a bunch of children and livestock, you know. Some kid named Mowgli is taking care of it. If you play Curse of Strahd, that can 100% happen. No, an elderly couple is taking care of the tiger. Don't worry about it. I feel like we should be more invested with the idea that we are racing towards a vampire lord who could potentially just kill us all instantly. The three of you are very powerful adventurers, and hopefully I might have a chance to kill him once and for all. I mean, I've got the mighty prawn on my side, so, you know, dead things will not be a problem because... Mm. They're gross, 
and the mighty prawn will eat them. Yeah, we're, we're landlocked. I have no idea what a prawn is. No wonder your skin is so... Mm. You know, I have some cream for that. If you... <laughs> Van Richten, feeling a bit of a shake in the carriage, steps out back through the trapdoor at the ceiling to go back to the horses. And he goes, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of it. And he leaves. Hi, everyone. Like, I've never met you before, but my name is... But, like, you can call me Flo, and, um, like, I'm a cleric. What, like, what are you all about? Tell me everything. I am Tristan. I come from a family of monster hunters that aren't really around anymore. Oh, that sounds so sad. They're not around anymore? Like, they died? Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Blessed be. <laughs> oh, and, like, what is your deal? Like, I, I see that you're all green and stuff. It's a skin condition. Oh, <laughs> gross. I just want to get back to the land of Zoe. Okay. God, wow. I hate it here. Wow. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> wow. So, like, so you guys got beef with the crusty old dead thing. My understanding was that if I kill him, then I get to go home. Oh, you're so sad. Like those little puppies on those commercials. I don't traffic in little dogs. By the way, TV is not canon. Just to let you guys know. <laughs> is <it> Instagram? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I did talk about that. Um, but like, it's okay. It's like not actually what you think it is. It's just like we drop like illustrations and put them in our holy books. It's not really instant. We call it that. There's also a dude named Graham who distributes them. Yeah. Yeah. Deep cut lore. Anyway. Question. As a flamingo, do you not tweet? I do tweet. By the way, you guys uh, can peer outside of the windows of the carriage, and you see that you are noticeably going much, much faster. Mm. And the guy had stepped out of the carriage? Yeah, he stepped out through a trapdoor in the ceiling to go to uh, man the horses. Got you, got you. Out of curiosity, uh... Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, like, don't say that. Really offensive, dude. Like, really offensive. Just call me Flo, it's cool. Yeah, seriously, not cool, bro. I'm sorry, I didn't <laughs> realize you also spoke. Can I change one of my languages to flamingo? Since the carriage is moving that fast through the trapdoor in the roof, I am going to send out my flying monkey familiar. So is your flying monkey familiar just normally in your cloak? No, the flying monkey has been sitting there silently next to me the entire time. No one has remarked on it. Does your flying monkey have a uh, a name? It is homunculus. Homunculus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. It is the only one that I was able to take with me to Barovia. Normally, I have an entire army of these flying monkeys where they kidnap uh, little girls and dogs and pull straw men apart for some reason. Anyway, I just want to see through its eyes. Or rather, specifically, I pull out my crystal ball and I see through the monkey's eyes through that because that is my spell focus. Nice flavoring. And also, that's how she does it in the movie, so. What movie? Anyways, so you, you open the trap door and you, you push the homunculus through the trap door in the ceiling and it kind of crawls out as a monkey does and, and kind of scampers. Aww. It tries not to have its wings be blasted by the wind that is flowing past. Why don't you roll for an acrobatics check for the monkey, because the monkey has wings. 
and there's a lot of wind resistance going on right now. Immediately loses Monkey in the first five minutes. That is dexterity, so first roll of the game! First roll. Acrobatics. Six. So, it's not a critical failure, but the homunculus is blown back a bit, and you uh, shake your vision out of the crystal orb, and you are you react just fast enough in order to grab the monkey from flying off the side. No, this, I don't. Uh, I let that monkey fly. He's a flying <laughs> guy with a monkey. <laughs> what's, what's the monkey speed? 30 feet. It'll trail behind. It'll be there eventually. I'm not risking my hand for that monkey. Uh-uh. They're disposable servants. Sure thing. Do you, are you still looking through the, yes. the eyes of the... Okay. Um, why don't you roll me a, just a basic perception check? Okay, perception is plus four for these things, so... That's pretty good. Yes. That's a nine. I'm getting all the bad rolls out now. A nine is enough. It's not a big deal. It's really, really dark. Barovia is a land of constant night, and there's fog going through the clearing in this brush and forest. Yet, your homunculus can see just far enough that there is no one manning carriage so van richten is not on the roof nope i wonder if he abandoned us or if he just straight up fell off accidentally well it seems that our guide has disappeared on us then who is steering the carriage i would assume some sort of magic flow was it uh, sure yeah <laughs> i'm just apparently never gonna get the name right can, can you make holy one uh let me see uh so, as your DM, I will tell you, in order to make holy water, you need to use the spell Ceremony. It takes 25 gold pieces worth of powdered silver, and I believe it takes, like, an hour, something like that. It takes time. It also takes a spell slot. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I don't have that. Sorry. We have a priest that can't make holy water. This bow as well. Excuse me? What? Yeah. The carriage is picking up speed. You guys are continuing faster and faster. Tristan, as this is happening, is going to attempt to try to climb on top of the carriage because he's not as trusting as, ah, it's probably being steered by magic. Okay. So he's just going to try to like climb out through the trap door and see if he could get to the front just to see if he can get a better idea of what's going on. Sure. Why don't you make me a basic athletics check? Okay. I rolled a three, but that's a 14. Plus 11. Man, oh man. Yeah, no, that's fine. You pull yourself up with ease. Van Richten is nowhere in sight. The horses are galloping as fast as they can. You're a, a ranger, so you have uh, dealt with enough monstrosities and beasts to know that something was here. So I get the impression that something might have taken him or attacked him. You're going to have to uh, look around, and in the distance, you can actually see, maybe coming up within the next five minutes, is Castle Ravenloft. You guys are heading there fast, and if you don't do something, you guys might actually crash into the front door. I was just going to try to see if I could calm the horses with a... I don't think I have that spell, so I'll just regular animal handling. Sure. Yeah. Why don't you roll me an animal handling check? I only got a total of ten. The horses are freaked out you are a ranger so you know the psychology of horses enough to know they are spooked but you cannot quell them so he knows the psychology of horses which means that it has something to do with their mother <laughs> yeah absolutely right i mean it all goes back to the parent i mean honestly this entire situation is just a nightmare <laughs> wow <laughs> 
Oh, that's good. Why the long face? Be nice to Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh. No, so Sombra, you got a 13, right? I hope she listens to yes. this. You know she's not. <laughs> Sombra, at her. <laughs> sure. <laughs> she's really going to pay attention to random D&D podcast. Don't get in the way of Hocus Pocus 2, please. <laughs> so you climb out. You see your new friend Tristan with the reins of the horses. These horses have mother issues. They're very angry. I got wings, so I could probably fly. But I think I'm going to try to calm down the horses by, like, like singing to them or something. Okay. The beautiful chant of the mighty prawn. Everyone is soothed by the mighty prawn. All hail. All hail the mighty prawn. How does the chant go? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Do you really want that? <laughs> no, I don't. Yes. I, ca- I do. <laughs> I think the listeners do, Tommy. Go ahead. <laughs> oh God! Beautiful mighty prawn, you give us all the food, and you make us so pink and pretty. Then, really, the horses just go and explode because they just hate. They just. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> no, 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 no! All right, so I'm trying to soothe the horses with my beautiful voice. Does it work? So you can either roll performance or animal handling. This feels like a performance check, though. But, like, animal handling is better, right? <laughs> Whatever you want, love. Okay. <laughs> I have a plus five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I rolled a 24, so are they soothed by my beautiful voice? Yeah, yeah, no, they are. They are. Their ears pick up. Tristan, you, as a ranger, understand the psychology of horses and the dynamic and the relationship between horse and mother. And <laughs> How does that make you feel? <laughs> and somehow, your entire built world on how the horse psychology works is shattered as this flamingo sings and the horses relax. And just so you know, I am in tree position because sure. that is the most divine position for flamingos when they sing to horses. If you're in tree position, your face is being blasted by the wind. Which is exactly right, because the reason that I am on one foot is to regulate my temperature. True fact. Uh, that is actually true. Okay, sure. The horses calm down soon enough. Tristan, you have... Namaste. You... <laughs> <laughs> You have rain of the horses. All right, I'll start trying to control them so that we don't crash, because I can't fly. Done easily well enough. You have uh, control over the horses, and Van Richten is nowhere in sight. Man, he ditched us. Yeah, that's, like, really not cool. Party foul. While I'm slowing down the horses, can I try to do, like, a survival check or something to look around to see if I could tell that Van Richten was attacked while up here? Why don't you make an investigation check first? Okay. And then from there, based on that, you can make a survival check afterwards. I have no modifier, so that is an 18. It's a nice roll. Yeah, there are deep talon-like scratches through the, it's not cushioned, but like the chair that people that drive horses on carriages would normally sit on. Um, driver's seat. That the driver's seat is ruined <laughs> from something very heavy and probably very terrifying. And you wonder if it's still here. I will relay that. I do not think uh, that Van Richten abandoned us. I think he was attacked. Look at these scratches on, how do you say, driver's seat? Ew, that looks so gross. Like, this 
is totally damaged. They're just going to have to buy a new one now. Like, what are they going to do? It's not comfortable to sit on anymore. What? I can't hear any of you. You're all in the wind. Say it louder or say it inside. Um, like, so anyway, like, obviously there's, like, an issue here because there is some weird, gross creature that took him, right? I'm not sure that the creature is gone. I'm still assuming I'm steering. You are, because there's no one else steering. Would I be able to steer with one hand and draw one of my weapons with the other hand? It's only one horse, so it should probably be fine. Just note that you could lose the rain and then it will just drop. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more concerned about getting my face scratched off than losing a rein, though, so... Sure. He'll hold the reins in his left hand as he draws his flail in his right hand. Are, are we going slow enough now that Homunculus can catch up? Uh, yeah. I'll say that Homunculus can catch up. I'm gonna continue looking through my orb through Homunculus's eyes. Abafel, you look through Homunculus's eyes, and you notice something in the sky. A bird? A plane? Superman? No. It's a bird. Perhaps a, a big bird. That yellow bastard! <laughs> Is it actually Big Bird? Is that Snuffleupagus? <laughs> Carol Spinney? It is you! Closer and closer and faster, it's using its gravity to drop fast, almost like a stone falling from the sky. With a 17, it hits Flowrider. <laughs> you take 8 points of damage as a gargoyle flies out of the sky and smacks you, smacks part of the carriage, and the carriage is now teeter-tottering. Through Homunculus's eyes, which direction did it turn? Left or right? If you are looking at the horses from inside, it came in from the left, and it went out through the right. Okay, I want to open the right door. Sure. And if it's within 120 feet, I'm firebolting it. Sure, why don't you roll me an attack roll? 22. Oh, yeah, that hits. Why don't you roll me some damage? Because reasons, that is going to be 2d10 plus 5 damage. 22 damage! 22. That's a lot. With a cantrip. Yeah. Getting a little hot for you, dearie! <laughs> the gargoyle turns towards you, really confused. No one has ever hit it that hard before. And it's surprised, it's kind of in shock, and it goes back for more. It's going to come and try to attack you. Because you have the door open, it's going to try to go through the door. That's where it's heading right now. Mm. I'll say that it gets there in time, and it can go to try to attack. 17 to hit. That hits. Okay. And that is an 8 to hit, which I assume doesn't. No. So the gargoyle launches itself into the carriage and is starting to bite and claw and scratch against you. You take 5 points of piercing damage. And its weight is starting to tip the carriage onto the right. The horse is trying to keep its feet on the ground as the lead on it is starting to stretch a bit. Does it feel like it's leaning so much that it's about to tip over or that it's at risk of tipping over? You're not quite sure. Okay. Oh, shoot. I forgot the shield is a reaction. All right, I got to keep that in mind for the future. Is there any way that I can, like, release the horse from the lead so that it doesn't get hurt from the wagon tipping over right now? Sure. I'll say that you use your action to untie the horse, and the horse just bolts. Now the carriage is kind of just by itself, teeter-tottering. That's my action. Just let me know when it's my turn again. Like, yeah, uh, it, we're kind of in a, in a fugue state right now, so I'll say, Scott, whatever you want to do, you can do it now. All right, so I'm going to grab my broom. Sure. And I am going to misty step out midair and mount my broom and firebolt back into the carriage. Okay, sure. Why don't you roll me an attack? Natural one. 
Oh, oh no. no. You fire the firebolt again. The gargoyle is now waiting for it. It turns its rocky head to look at you, and it smacks directly into the forehead, and it smiles, ready to pounce and attack you. By the way, you guys are approaching the drawbridge for Castle Ravenloft. I guess my question is, is it up or down? It is down. Okay. And there's a weird, gross gargoyle attacking us right now. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. I have an idea. It is shenanigans. And it's probably not going to work, and it's probably going to just hurt me. But I want to do it. Perfect. Flo right now is flying, correct? She can be. Since now no one's in the carriage except the gargoyle, and now I've already released the horse, and we're now heading towards a bridge. So we could close all the doors in the carriage. Uh, How far is the bridge from us right now? It's coming up fast. It's about 60 feet away from you. 60 feet? All right. I would like to try to jump off the carriage. As I do, I just want to like attack with my flail, trying to hit one of the wheels in the front to see if I could just cause the carriage to start crashing and turning with the gargoyle inside. Roll me an athletics check. Can do. To see if you have enough oomph to do that. Because there's a lot of horsepower that needs to be involved in that type of move. Oh, no, no. You did not just... Horsepower. What you did there... I see it. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be a 17? 17 is definitely enough. Sure, you jump out, you grab your flail, you wield it for the first time in front of your friends. You knock the wheel right off its axle. The whole carriage starts to... Starts to grind against the cobblestone path, and then it starts to turn. And... Can I lock the doors? Just use your spell. Come on. Just do it. I, I can't say the word. Can you just say it for me? Thaumaturgy. I'm going to use that. Yes, that word. Whatever. Um, oh, to, to lock the door? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to lock the door. So you're trying to lock the gargoyle within the carriage? Yeah, like so like he doesn't come out with his gross little face or whatever. Why don't you make me a spell casting check? Roll a d20 and add your spell casting ability to see if thaumaturgy is strong enough to push a heavy gargoyle inside of a carriage. Okay. It's a carriage door, and it's a gargoyle. Do not doubt the great prawn. Have faith in the almighty prawn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, like, rolled a 23, praise the great prawn. 23. Not only does the door shut, the door bends enough that when it closes, it locks. Let's see if the carriage falls off the bridge. There, into the crevasse! I rolled a one. Yeah, the uh, the carriage <laughs> definitely starts to fall. 300 feet? 400 feet? You're not quite sure. You extend your ear to try to hear the sound of the landing. You're like, oh, wow, geez, that's really long. I hope that gargoyle is okay. No, I don't hope that gargoyle. Come on. <laughs> your wings can't help you now. <laughs> That was a true team effort. Way to go for his first encounter. I only used a level one spell. Otherwise, we defeated it with cantrips and skill checks. You use Misty Step, which is a level two. That's a level one spell. No, Misty Step's two. Ah, poopy. (laughs) Then I gotta change a thing. Hold on. If you have a project or a business that you'd like to promote on our show, please reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com.
If you don't have a product or a business, but you want to help us anyway, you can share our show with your friends or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. That will really help us grow and reach more people. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can take part in polls and ask questions if you'd like us to answer those questions on future Wine and Spirits episodes. You can find all of our handles in one convenient place by visiting our website, rfedpod.com. You are currently standing on the drawbridge, and you hear... (laughs) You look up, and you see shiny black boots that are hovering just an inch above the ground. Well-tailored suit, one belonging potentially to a royal, with a flowing cloak and cape in the back. Banked? (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yes, no, I'm the ancient, I'm the lad, no. (laughs) You look up, and you see a massive, red-eyed, half-elven royal standing in front of you. He looks at you, um, amused, and he says, I am the ancient. I am the land. I am Count Strad von Zerevich. Gaze upon me and tremble, foolish hunters. The walls of Castle Ravenloft are my domain, and here I reign supreme. You wish to hunt me down? So be it. We are but four hours from Platter Midnight. I grant you four cosmic hours to explore the castle, unveil its mysteries, and confront me. This man who you assume is Strahd pulls an hourglass out of his cloak and turns it. Blood-red sand begins to trickle to the bottom bell. But when the sands of time run out, so too will your lives. Welcome to Castle Ravenloft. Welcome to your doom. <laughs> he disappears. I remember using a very similar spell on a red-shoed little girl. <laughs> you got some problems. Uh... If I wasn't worried about copyright infringement, I would totally use the 24 sound effect. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Oh, that's really funny. And Strahd's uh... gone now? Or is Strahd still there? Yeah, you have no idea where he is. I spent that entire time trying to find my flail. Sure. As soon as Strahd finishes cackling, and as he fades into mist, the doors of Castle Ravenloft swing open behind him. You guys are currently standing in the front courtyard. The entry is open. Thick, cold fog swirls in this courtyard. Sporadic flashes of lightning lance the weeping clouds overhead as thunder shakes the ground. Through the drizzle, you see torch flames fluttering, on each side of the keep's open main doors. Warm light spills out of the entrance, flooding the courtyard. High above the entrance is a round window with shards of broken glass lodged in its iron frame. On either side of the keep itself are two different courtyards. Who knows where they lead? What would you guys like to do? We have to figure out which direction we should go to. So I'm going to bring up the cards again. If our plan is to kill Strahd, this is table talk at this point. Okay. All right. So Strahd's enemy, Evil's Bride, is the one you seek. The Tome of Strahd, find the mother, she who gave birth to evil. Holy symbol, woman hangs above a roaring fire. Find her and you will find the treasures. I'm going to go ahead and assume that this is not a literal woman, 
and hanging is referring to some sort of giant portrait above a fireplace. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's probably above a fireplace, yeah, or hearth. I was just going to say, since it's a place of dizzying heights, since you're on a magic room, if you could do like a quick scouting like and take a look at the castle from above. Yeah, and while I'm there, I'll just skywrite Surrender Dorothy. Perfect. The dizzying heights thing, I mean, what is the highest point in Castle Ravenloft? It's either a hill or it's an actual building. So eh, we'll try. As for Strahd, he haunts the tomb of the man he envied above all. I'm going to go ahead and assume that there's some sort of graveyard in a medieval-ish castle. What if there's also a catacombs? Yeah. I mean, we could do scouting, right? If we're up above, we would look for the highest tower. And also, if there is is a graveyard, if there's not, we can maybe think, well, maybe there's catacombs. Fair enough. One of you roll me a basic perception check. One of us. One of us. Either two of you or one with advantage. It's up to you. I have plus five. I'm in a grant advantage on this one. And also, don't forget that you have guidance. Oh, I was going to say, if, if someone has higher than me, I'll, I'll grant you guidance. Perception is only plus three, so I think you have the highest. All right, so I'm going to cast guidance. Blessed be the holy prawn. Praise be. <laughs> Blessed be on myself. Can I even do that? Yes, you can. Oh, I am going to give the guidance to myself. All right, let's do this. Okay. Uh, do you want to fly up there as well? I would like to fly, yes. Sure. Perception check with advantage plus 1d4. So I got a 11 plus 3. So that is a 14. Okay, 14. You fly up. The best way to describe this geography is imagine a rectangular building, guard post pillars on each side that go up with tiny little archer arrow slits for the three stories up. And then in the middle of the keep, it splits into two very thick towers. The one on the left goes up a good 250 feet up in the air, and the one on the right goes up 200 feet in the air before a thinner tower juts out of the top of it, reaching a total of like 350 feet in the air, an extra 150 feet. So it's the rectangular keep, a regular tower that goes up 250 feet, and then a tower that starts to go up and then narrows out and reaches up 350 feet. So we're assuming fantasy physics because that would be over 30 stories tall, which is not possible for stone construction. But okay. It's a game. Let us have fun. <laughs> Come on, Scott. I just want to have fun. Oh, this tower was built in Minecraft. God. Also, you guys are visiting a vampire lord. So, this was built know. in Minecraft. Prawn. <laughs> yeah, but the vampire lord still has to use contractors. I mean... But, like, does he? Yeah, it's a really long story on how the contractors work. It was like a union thing, I'm sure. For our next one shot, come watch us build Strahd's castle as the contractors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's what you see with your 14. Do I see in, like, graveyards? Graveyards? No, you do not. If you want to circle around, you can absolutely do so. You see that behind the kind of three towers that shoot up, two and a half, really, there is a chapel behind the castle. And then behind that, it kind of just dips off down. You have no idea how many hundreds of feet before it hits forest. And just beyond that, you can see the village of Barovia, where you came through. Okay, so there's a chapel, no graveyard next to the chapel. That's correct. The evil's bride is the one you seek. Brides should be in a chapel, I guess, if we're going based on poetry rules. It's a place to start. Why not start with a chapel? 
There's also the front door. Well, the front door is open, so I'm less concerned about the front door. That's what they're expecting. We have to mess with the DM. It's required. That's true. He wants us to go through that front door, so we're going to just go off somewhere else. <laughs> we turn around and leave. Yes, who's up for lunch? <laughs> well, that was interesting. Now let's go to like the church. I just wanted to say also that with that check, you know that there are walls, like like parapet walls, that enclose the keep. And every once in a while, there is a wall that is directly connected to the keep. How tall are the walls? The walls are about 90 feet up in the air. 90 feet. That's very tall. That is very tall. So there's only one building in the keep. There's not like little mini buildings in the middle. It's just like one building, then there's walls, and some of them are connected to the keep. Yeah, really tell me more about this Bailey complex. <laughs> We've already established as a church. <laughs> well, I think we need to, to to spend another hour on just the buildings. <laughs> Welcome to Roxfall, everyone dies. Strahd must die. Architecture edition. <laughs> yeah, architecture and interior decorating edition. Listen, it's not my fault that you guys only have three hours and 48 minutes left. Okay, <laughs> let's go on to that chapel. That's a good place to start. We can burn some heretics. Yay! I didn't know that the Holy Prawn burned heretics at the stake. That's really interesting. I mean, this is medievalish times. Every deity burns heretics. I mean, that's like really true, but like the whole thing about the Holy Prawn or the Mighty Prawn, all hail. All hail, hail. The Mighty Prawn, like actual prawns, feeds on dead things. That's very fair. I thought you were going to kill people by jambalaya. I, for some reason, couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. Uh, never mind. Let's just move on. Something, something, something jambalaya, and I loved it. The chapel is in the back of the keep from where you guys are. I don't have a problem flying around. Could I carry? Too much weight. Oh, yeah. Darn. You could go around the keep to the back. In order to do so, you're going to have to go through some of the gates within the parapets that enclose the uh, hold. Are the gates closed right now, or...? They're very far away. You're not quite sure. This is a big place. You're going to have to walk around. Are you good at climbing? Uh, yes. It's 90 feet up in the air, and it's raining. Just to let you know. I am good at climbing, but I am not a miracle worker. Homunculus will assist you to give you advantage. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Not going to lie, if I die at the beginning of this because I fell off a wall, this will be my favorite one-shot ever. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this. Wait, but I can bring you back. Do you have a gem worth 300 gold? No, but I have a power that like brings something back from zero. Oh, got it. Never mind. Well, that's a whole conversation. Let's, we're, we're burning time. Let's do this. I make sure that Homunculus drops the rope for the normie. So before we get to that, you guys walk around to the left or to the right? Left. Always it's left. always left. It's always left. You, you guys walk around to the left, and you see a massive wall um, that uh, juts out to connect the outer walls of the castle within the keep. A 20-foot-wide, 20-foot-tall arcway offers passage through the connecting wall, but is blocked by a rusting iron portcullis. Uh, Juan, this is all you, because I'm just flying over everything. Same. One might say that I'm defying gravity. Uh, how much weight can the broom carry? Up to 400 pounds, I believe? Let me just double check that. I doubt that we weigh more than 400 pounds together. With all of your equipment? Actually, all of my equipment only accounts for like 15 pounds. I don't, I do not weigh that much. Um, its flying speed becomes 30 feet while carrying, uh, it can carry up to 400 pounds. But it slows down if it's carrying over 200. But then if you slow down, you're just going to have the same speed as flow. No, no, no. We're, we're the same speed currently. So, all right, fine. Do the two of us together weigh 
less than 400 pounds. My equipment counts for 15 pounds. In terms of my physical description, I have for my weight, how dare you? Are you serious? I love that. I tried to write that in in the character editor, but it did not take. All right. So how much is how dare you weigh? Well, the Wicked Witch of Wherever is a very slim woman. It's true. She was five foot four. Being a slim five foot four, I would assume. I don't know, 110, 120 pounds. More like between 90 to 100, because this is an actress we're talking about. Oh, yeah, probably like 90 pounds. Yeah, I think you're good. So I weigh 105 pounds with all of my gear. I'll say it works. Let's just let's just stop this conversation. I'll say it works. <laughs> You're riding side saddle, boy. Awkwardly hold on. Don't touch me. <laughs> to the broom. Okay. You guys rise up over the connecting parapet and you go to the other side. Or you can also land on top of the parapet where there are walkways in the pouring rain. Where to, dearie? Are we going to, like, the church or whatever to burn it down? I mean, to, like... Yes! Burn it all! <laughs> I mean, like, I guess we should find clues first. I am feeling increasingly <laughs> uncomfortable on this broom. Yeah, she's got problems. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Let's go to the church, I guess. Okay. You can either go to the church within the castle, or you can try to go to it outside in. What do you want to do? I mean, I'd just say fly around. Yeah, let's just fly around. Outside in. Okay, cool. You pass through another courtyard, which looks like it's the servant's courtyard. It certainly feels like that. And you land on the ceiling of a turquoise domed building with windows along the roof. You assume that this is the chapel. Is it a chapel to the great Tron? What happened to my accent? Yes, Tron iconography anywhere around here. I kind of need to know like, if there's heretics here. Is there like a little shrimp face with a halo behind it? I just need to know if Strahd is a Protestant. Did you ask if Strahd is a Protestant? I really want that to be true. A Protestant. Oh, I hate it here. I love it. I love it. Don't ever change. So, no, there is no prawn iconography on the reigning dark roof of a chapel that you cannot see anything inside. <laughs> well, burn it all down. This is, this is not acceptable. This is blasphemy. <laughs> I cast Create Bonfire. <laughs> you create a five foot by five foot small fire that exists that is immediately extinguished by the crashing rain. Oh, I go inside immediately. Oh, you go inside immediately. <laughs> sure thing. It's been raining this whole time. 100%. Boo. Yeah, you're not taking damage. It's fine. Oh, what a world. Why are you like smoking? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It's raining. It's really funny. So there's windows, I'm guessing, at some point. Mm-hmm. So is that where you're going into, like, the closest window, I'm assuming? I'm going to yes. just follow. I'll follow along. Is this going to be a thing with this party? We just always avoid doors? Yes. <laughs> Who needs doors? Doors are for suckers. So you guys go off of the roof, kind of at the end of the keep where you guys came through. And you see tall, broken, boarded up stained glass windows. And inside, you can see the Chapel of Ravenloft. I'll say that you guys can definitely make your way through. It'll take a while. Maybe it takes a minute. You guys have certainly been talking for a minute, so I'll say it works. And you guys are inside the chapel. It is dark in here. And the only light is through these stained glass windows that are illuminating this place. You come in, and you immediately notice a balcony in front of you that is about 50 feet off the floor. And it leads to two doors 
And underneath, there are a set of double doors as well. All right, well, I cast Prestidigitation to dry myself off instantaneously. <laughs> and I'm also going to create bonfire in the center of the floor and just warm my hands. Okay, this place is littered with debris. So when you create bonfire, it catches fire on a couple of splinters of wood from pew benches, and you have a nice warm time. It's on a stone floor, so you're not going to burn down Castle Ravenloft, but... Yet. (laughs) (laughs) Directly behind you is the church altar. You are standing in between the main aisle and the altar, looking at the double doors, which is the entrance. What do you guys want to do? I'm going to investigate for iconography style stuff, any clues as to anyone who might be living here. Basically, a generalized, is anything out of ordinary or anything indicating this is not just an abandoned building? And can I give the help action? Can I cast guidance? Yes, please. Yeah. Blessed be the mighty prawn. Tristan uses the help action to give you advantage. All right, my investigation is plus five. This is good. Could be better, but this is good. Well, okay, it's not better, but it's also a good roll. Um, let's see, and the D4. So that is a 25 total. With a 25, you notice a hooded, cloaked figure kind of hanging on the altar, and at its feet is a black mace. More than that, because he rolled a, a 25, I will also tell you that there are bas-reliefs on the altar with angelic figures intertwined with grapevines, a piercing shaft of light through stained glass windows is illuminating specifically a small stone platform that has a figurine on it. On the balcony that I was talking about before, there are two gigantic royal-like chairs with two figures that are slumped on it under the balcony. On either side, there are two entryways that lead into two different areas, besides the main double doors on the balcony and under the balcony. With that investigation, is this person moving, or are they draped in such a way as to indicate that they are... You can tell that they are dead. Okay. Okay, so dead body, black mace, two different exits. Got it. Anything else that I missed? Oh, and the the two people sitting in the chairs on the balcony. Living people sitting in chairs on the balcony. You assume. Okay. With a 25, you can definitely tell that whoever this person was, was some sort of not-so-nice person. So I'm assuming there's some sort of, like, evil pendant or, or religious iconography that indicates some sort of devil something or other. Yeah, he was a cleric of Shar. Okay. Oh, please note, just for the sake of ease, I speak Abyssal, Infernal, Sylvan, Common, Draconic, and Elvish. So if anything jumps out at me text-wise that is demon or devil-related, I got you, bro. You absolutely got it. The evil cleric was reaching towards this glowing silver icon on the altar, and he is now dead. Well, I ain't touching it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I as a sorcerer, have a limited selection of spells, and I do not have any means by which to identify or confirm the safety of magical objects and items. That is not my purview. I just make things go boom. Would Wand of Secrets help with this particular... Or would that only be for traps? I think it's only for traps and secret doors. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, darn. 
If no one is going to do anything, then I will just do it. And Tristan will just go ahead and touch the thing that was being reached for. What's your alignment, Tristan? Uh, that's a good question. I didn't really consider that. It would be either lawful neutral or neutral good. One of those two, I feel. I'm chaotic wicked. <laughs> As you go to touch it, Tristan, you are very attuned to nature. And it hits your nose first before you see anything. You smell ozone. Uh, the momentum of your hand is is not stopping as you go to grab it, and static rushes through your body. Hairs on your arms stand up as the icon of Ravenloft, almost as if it was judging you, relaxes, and the static goes away. You now have the icon of Ravenloft. If you want to put it into your inventory, you most certainly can. Will do. Grab the mace while you're at it, pretty boy. <laughs> yeah, it's a very nice mace. I would like to keep a wary eye on those people out on the balcony. Sure. Why don't you roll me a perception check? Okay. Uh, my perception is not that great. I would rather be using homunculus for my perception. Wait, guidance. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. It is useful. It's very useful. It is an extraordinarily useful spell. I love that spell. Every little bit helps. I just start throwing prawns at you as you're doing this. That's a 10 total. 10 total perception? 10 total. I, I really prefer using homunculus to, to do my scouting for me. You're going to have to tell me that next time. Otherwise, definitely, I'm fine with it. Okay. So before we talk about that, Tristan, did you also want to pick up the mace? Uh, yes, please. Okay. Actually, maybe Desombra. Do you have a... I, I do. I already have a mace, but I also have a light crossbow. I don't know. Yeah, that mace might be... If, if that mace isn't cursed, of course. For the sake of brevity, I will say that it is a mace of terror, and you can attune to it as soon as you pick it up. A mace of terror? That is correct. Uh, does the prawn god believe in terrifying all those? I mean, nothing is more terrifying than the prawn god when they are wrathful. I mean, they eat dead things. That is pretty terrifying. It's up to you. You can have it for the taking if you'd like. I mean, if I can make more use of it, I'm not going to say no. I mean, if you want it, it's all yours. Yeah, the cleric has proficiency with maces, whereas you as a hunter-ranger have proficiency with martial weapons. Which is everything. Yeah, I already have a flail and a whip and a bow. Yeah, so if I find any, like, swords, you can have them because I can't use them. So. All right, so here you go. Tristan hands you the Mace of Terror. I will put it into your inventory. Now, concerning the perception check, what did you say it was? 10? Is that right? It was 10 total. 10 total. They are breathing. I send Homunculus over to scout above them and land in front of them. One of the two figures, the one to the left, turns towards Homunculus, its eyes blank, clouded over. The figure leans forward in its tall chair and stares at Homunculus with curious eyes. Rage flashes over the face, and whatever this figure is goes to lunge out at Homunculus. Let's see if it hits. What's Homunculus's AC? Not very high. Oh, well, that's a four plus four. That's eight. Okay, so that's not going to do it then. Okay, cool. The zombie reaches out, and Homunculus is gone. Awesome. Firebolt. Yeah. How tall is this? My firebolt range is 120 feet. I'm... Yeah, it's only 50 feet up. That's fine. Why don't you roll to hit? 23. That definitely hits. 16 damage. The firebolt illuminates for just a second, like a firework, the balcony, and you see the other zombie next to it 
look at its friend curiously and look down at you, the spellcaster. Then I fire another firebolt. <laughs> I, I want them dead. That's fine. Go ahead. Roll me an attack roll. They're zombies. They're not very intelligent. 26 to hit. That definitely hits. Is it the same one you hit before? If it's still up, then I'll hit it again. Yeah, it's still up. 19 damage. That's enough. You burn a hole through its throat. It has already cauterized, and it collapses. The other zombie looks at its friend, looks back at you, is really confused, and is going to jump off the balcony to try to come closer to you. Let them come. It jumps off the balcony. It's going to take 50 feet, so that's, for every 10 feet, it's 1d6, so that's 5d6 damage. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, okay. Crunch. <laughs> that's, oh my god, it took 17 points of fall damage. Oof. And now I have to roll a d20, because it's a zombie. Uh, as it falls it falls leaning onto one side and it puts too much weight onto uh one leg and that leg just snaps off and it falls to the ground and now it's it's trying to crawl towards you to try to attack you firebolt again which roll again uh 13 to hit 13 still hits it has an 8 ac 19 damage you double tap the zombie and it is dead Uh, Okay, the echo of the firebolt rings throughout the chapel, and you are alone again. Thank you for listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies, Summer of Strahd. It would really help us if you subscribed, shared, and left a five-star review in your podcast app. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise. Additional sound effects are courtesy of zapsplat.com. Our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. You can find more of his work at John Bliss Art. Summer of Strahd is produced and edited by me. DeSombra and Juan are our social media team, and you can find all of our social media handles and full show notes in one convenient place at rfedpod.com. <laughs>